Hello and welcome to the Tightwad Teacher Podcast, brought to you by Element Opie Productions, elementopie.com. And now, here are your hosts, John Mikulski and Brian Brueger. Hello everybody, welcome to the Tightwad Teacher, episode 36, Christy Vinson, for March 13th, 2012. I'm your host, John Mikulski, and joining me is Brian Brueger. Say hi, Brian. Howdy, folks. Uh, Brian's joining us from a fancy new uh, room in his house today. He looks quite professional, um, despite him being in the video. The, the room looks very professional anyway. Put on, <laughs> it, put on his nicest well t-shirt for us. That's uh, right. Also, also joining us is Mark Cockrell. Mark, how are you doing? Greetings, humans of Earth. I'm doing well, thank you. And I have to say, I believe of, of our 36 episodes, this is the first time that anyone has actually gotten top billing. Also joining us, and we'll get to why in just a minute, um, is Christy Vincent. Christy, welcome to the show. Thank you. And my understanding is uh, you have been a longtime listener as well. Yes, I have a very long commute, and these podcasts definitely feel it, so I'm not quite so bored driving 45 <laughs> minutes through the country, both ways in the snow uphill. So we're slightly more entertaining than wind noise. Yay us. <laughs> yeah. Well, and now I, you know, coming from the teacher end, I, I always say I hate things like open house or when we have parents in because um, ultimately the kids go home and they tell you things that, or you, they tell the, the parents things that I would never want them to know about me. Like they don't talk about the great lesson I had or how much they learned in my class. They talk about how Mikulski taught with his fly down for the whole period, you know? <laughs> exactly. And, and that's... And that's kind of what I feel right now because, Christy, I don't remember all the dumb things I've said in the last 35 episodes. So I'm wondering what it is you remember about me right now that's going to embarrass me. <laughs> so I'm sure that'll come out. Notes. You're, you're in great yes. hands. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, before we get started, um, Christy is uh, kind of the topic and the guest this week. And uh, I want to explain why. Um, we have kind of been talking about some changes that are coming up in the show, and um, I'm sure that'll be coming out over the next couple of weeks. But the one that I'm uh, most related to, I've actually decided that I'm going to step back for a little while and um, leave the, the show into the caring hands of Mark and Brian. And Christy is actually going to be uh, joining and, and filling my shoes. So uh, today is kind of like a super group of podcasters because uh, all four of us are here but in the next week or so um, I think I'm going to disappear for a little while and Chrissy's going to jump in and then I will be listening to you taking notes on all the things you say <laughs> no pressure no pressure at all very well played Mark just make sure we get plenty of editing done as need be and he doesn't have access to the live stream <laughs> oh yes the I'm things that go on before we hit record that's really the show right there everyone's missing that part that's right. I'm kind of wondering what these shoes are going to look like. Which shoes I'm, are you I'm leaving for her to fill? I'm very concerned about the shoes. You, you have to understand a couple of things about me. I'm five foot two, and when I started teaching, I went straight into high school. Do you know the problem with being five foot two when you teach in high school? You get stopped a lot for being a student. That still happens, actually, to this day. <laughs> but, um, no, the problem is that they're all taller than you. So I took on a very large shoe. Shoe, shoe problem, shoe issue. I call it, you know, shoe divine. My husband seems to think it's a financial problem. So before you say <laughs> I'm filling your shoes, we really need to talk about these. Yeah, are they uh, see, and I'm a guy. So I, when I say shoes, I have a pair of sneakers, a pair of brown shoes, and a pair of black. And that is okay, as that just far as... <laughs> so you can choose which one of those you get, but that's all I have. Three pairs and I'm done. Okay, I only have you slightly beat because I've got flip-flops. I mean, yeah, it is the, Florida. The Florida for, guy. For, that for doesn't all. really apply to me. <laughs> I have a quick story. I'm going to derail the show early on. Uh, when I was in college, it's bound to happen. Go yeah. for it. When I was in college, a good friend of mine, uh, his name uh, uh, was Frank. I'm making up a name that wasn't his real name, but I was have uh, Frank is a little guy. I mean, little, like five foot tall or so. A little bitty guy, maybe weighs ninety pounds, um, and he's a a, a super. Um, no, I do remember his name. I just I'm protecting him. <laughs> I see the back channel there. If Mark didn't know his name, no, I remember his name. Uh, but anyway, he's my friend on Facebook. We're still buddies. But anyway, um, he's got he's a he's also uh, a math guy. So he's uh, very otherworldly, if you know what I mean. He doesn't quite live on the same plane as, of existence as the rest of us. The you know the little math geek guy. And so one oh, yeah. day I was uh, having lunch with him, and we were talking about you know what do we want to be when we grow up. 
And uh, he said, you know, I knew he was into math. He said, well, I want to be a teacher. And I said, oh, that's cool. What do you, you know, want to teach, you know, college or that sort of thing? No, I want to teach high school. And with the straightest face in the world, he said, I start karate next week. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's the whole story. Well, I, my first day teaching, literally the first day the students show up and I'm walking, you know, from one location to another so I can serve my duty and everything. I've got a few things in my hand and, you know, I'm nervous and, you know, everything's new. I'm straight out of college. So, you know, I'm 21 years old and wouldn't you know it, I walk out of a building heading towards another building and first day of school, here's two guys going at it, just beating the tar out of each other. And I'm thinking, you know, like, what do I do <laughs> to say stop or so I walk a little bit closer and there's a teacher, you know, I, I would have to say probably Christie's size, older teacher just going, what do we do? Somebody call somebody. And she's just standing there screaming. So I have to hand her my books here, hold these for a moment and like dive into this huge pile. Luckily for my, for me, my dad was a prison guard when I was growing up. So as I pulled them back, you know, separately, one in each arm, you know, one of our large print assistant principals showed up and grabbed one of them. But yeah, that's how I started school. So karate would have been helpful. <laughs> you're, you're not a small guy, Brian. So I, no, I can't I'm, imagine I'm you were intimidated. I'm 6'1", 250. So I'm no, I'm definitely not tiny. <laughs> you know, they tell us at our school, if there's ever a fight, you are not supposed to get involved. You're supposed to call someone who's, you know, trained. It's a whole liability thing. But sure. in the heat of the moment, I can't do that. I can't have a bunch of kids pummeling each other in front of me. So I usually just stand in between them. They're not going to hit me. So yeah, I stand will. between my stops. <laughs> the only, the, middle school. The, they're middle school. So, yeah. But the only time the only time I don't do that, if it's girls. Girls fighting, I don't go near because I'll die. Those girls are crazy. <laughs> pulling earrings out and punching and biting. and I, I don't get near girls fighting. That, that, those are the ones where I go, oh, stop. Stop, girls. Don't, <laughs> don't do that. And then I call someone because that that's a, that is a lawsuit waiting to happen. You clear your throat. Um, <clears throat> lady, excuse me. <clears throat> I'm right here. You're supposed to be intimidated by me. I actually broke up a girl fight one time, and that I mean, we, there was a big group, and you know they were going at it, and everybody was egging them on, and I had to come up, and I happened to be behind one of them, and so I'm watching and I'm watching, I'm waiting for that moment where you know hair stops flying ever briefly, and the one who was facing away from me started to lunge at the other one, which told me that she couldn't, you know, swing back and get me and using more of those prison guard type moves. I literally just, I plucked her up and out. And so as she's lunging forward, <laughs> she just, she just got plucked up and out of the crowd, just like disappeared. And later on, I, we got her back in the principal's office and she turns to me and goes, how did you do that? I was in the air. <laughs> said, Next time I'm going to let go. All right, John, I think we have a new name for this episode. Uh, yes. It's now Girl Fights and Karate. Girl Fights and Karate. Girl, you know, if you really want to attract interest for the, to the new host, that's what Girl Fights and Karate with Christy Vincent. And that'll oh, get nice. everybody on. Did you hear that? That was my career going down the drain. Oh, I was going to say, Christy, can Christy, you tell us what it's like to be podcast, in one of these this fights? This podcast will do that too, yeah. <laughs> Fabulous. I'm very excited now. See, and just to give you a heads up, in the next couple of weeks, Mark's going to say to you, hey, we have this other show called The Periodic Table, and it's great uh, yes, fun. No, yes. that, one, that one will kill your career even faster. No. I've said things on that, that show that I'm embarrassed of. I can't I believe that he gets me to do that. I invited her on this week, but I thought I'd give her at least one week. <laughs> Downloading now. More podcasts to listen to. <laughs> Buffer zone. So, well, I'm looking in our warm-up, and now that we've talked about all the really exciting stuff, someone's going to be a buzzkill and talk about eBay. Who is that? Well, that was me. It was just uh, a... <laughs> okay. We don't have to talk about that. Okay. No, no, now I'm curious. It. Go ahead. No, it was... Uh, <laughs> if it's Mark's story, let's skip over it. Yeah. <laughs> nobody cares about me. That's what my mother always said anyway. Um, <laughs> I, I've recently got into some trouble on eBay um, with... I, I've been looking to buy some new equipment. 
And so I, I'm looking the way I, the way I work eBay, the way I do it is I buy something that's normally expensive. I put a ridiculously low ball bid on it and I either get it or I don't. Yep. And so uh, I've been looking at these pieces of equipment that typically run anywhere from 150 to $200. And uh, so I'll go in there and I'll bid 40 bucks, $60, something like that. In the last day, I have won six auctions. <laughs> that 40 bucks, five of which quick, I can't right? pay for. <laughs> right. it's, it's like, you know, I meant, yeah, I was going to spend like $50. Now it's $250. And I've got two more uh, ending in the next couple of days that I'm still the high lead bidder on. I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do here? Yeah, See, I've, that's happened to me before. I actually have two guitars downstairs that I'm not sure my wife knows about yet uh, that I got on a similar. <laughs> she does now. Yeah, exactly. No, she doesn't listen. She gets enough, John. Yeah, yeah. She, yeah. The last thing she wants is to listen to me when I'm not home. I think uh, she has enough of that during the day. <laughs> well, Mark, one of my favorite things I ever did on eBay, this is going back a couple of years, but I was kind of just trolling around one day, and I found there's actually a huge market on there for haunted dolls. If you if you just <laughs> go on eBay and search for haunted dolls, and what I found was, you know, people would post this kind of my you know moderately creepy looking child's doll and they'll say things like sometimes it looks like it's watching me and then people buy it for like way more than it's worth so um, I did the rational thing and I went to our local Salvation Army and I bought a doll for like a dollar ninety nine and put it on there and you know I'm an English teacher so I'm pretty creative so I wrote this whole story about how it smells like smoke sometimes and it's and it was from a, a fire and someone got really badly burned in it and then they don't know what ha I made this whole story up I sold it so for like ten dollars. Yeah, oh, I flat. Oh, come on! Are you kidding? Is there really a haunted doll on eBay? Of course I lied. But I, I ended up <laughs> people, people bid on this thing and got. I, I think I got ten dollars. I five times what I paid for it. Um, and the only thing I really had to do is had, I had to just wash off the dollar ninety nine crayon marking from the uh, the thrift store where I bought it and sent it out, and I got. You know, five star rating on the way back. Oh, excellent doll! <laughs> like, are you kidding me? People just blow their money on stupid things. So now the title of the show is Girl Scouts Karate and Fraud. Fraud, <laughs> haunted dolls. <laughs> hey, John, I've got two words for you: yes. retirement fund. I'm telling you, <laughs> I know my 401k is done for after all the stuff that's been going on. Now I, I'm just going to start selling fake things on eBay. <laughs> no, I'm going to do. I'm going to spend my days. With my my iron downstairs, burning uh, the likeness of people into grilled cheese sandwiches. <laughs> those. Uh, well played. <laughs> All right. Well, I a think we. Uh, Damon signatures, and you'll be set for life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna get really good at uh, forging uh, old baseball star signatures on cards. <laughs> all right. Well, I think we've uh, covered all the important things. Why don't we get on to the the show at hand? <laughs> Uh, and this is kind of an, an interesting show, I guess, the way we have it set up today, because uh, technically our show is all about Christy, just to kind of get everyone to know her a little bit. So now um, we'll turn it over to her. And and Christy, I guess the, the purpose is just to, to learn about you. So um, other than being kind of short, which is what you've you shared with us so far, tell us a little bit about yourself. <laughs> okay, I'm not kind of short. Let's address this first. I am not kind of short. I am somewhat vertically challenged. That just means I'm closer to the ground. That's all. With the right <laughs> pair of shoes, I'm 5'5 every day of my life. <laughs> and when I wear my handy-dandy big purple hat that I used to present, I am six foot. So thank you very much. I uh, am amazing. All right, amazing. Christy, I have to ask, what is this unnatural obsession with purple that you have? Okay, it's not <laughs> a natural obsession. It's actually chosen me. Purple chose me. <laughs> Yeah, because that sounds perfectly natural. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds like something spoken from someone that'd be willing to buy a haunted doll from me. <laughs> purple chose me. <laughs> yes, purple chose me. I was quite the the studious little person growing up, and up and decided that um, I would I would go to college because that's what you're supposed to do, right? You you go to college. That's why you work so hard in school, and so I did. And applied at, at my state, go Louisiana, I'm, I'm Louisiana, down to the core, and was accepted to two universities, full paid scholarship. Well, now I'm just sitting pretty, right? All I have to do is decide where to go. 
So I'm stuck in this this very difficult decision. I'm equal distance from both. Both are a full paid scholarship. Both are phenomenal schools. What to do, what to do. My diamond shoes are too tight and my wallet's too small for my 50s. (laughs) (laughs) So purple chose me and I was led to LSU simply because their colors are purple and gold. Go Tigers. And and that's how my, my purple obsession began. Now, you, you mentioned briefly your big purple hat, which I, looking over the show notes, seems to be uh, a reoccurring theme here. And I, I guess that your purple hat is going to take the place of my ugly red accordion uh, as far as the, the cheap shot <laughs> jokes uh, come into play on the show. Um, that is quite the big purple hat. I actually went to your site and looked at it. And it's, I mean, that's kind of a watch out for overhead fans and low flying planes kind of hat. <laughs> okay, it does fit in the overhead compartment of a plane. And the great thing about it is when you're in a crowded conference hall, you can part the Red Sea. Here you come, they will move. I don't know why they do, but they do. Big people, little people, people with bags, they get out of the way when they see the woman with the hat. I like to think they're just making way for me to come through and acknowledge my presence. It's Somebody fear. pointed out that it's fear, yeah. <laughs> They, they react the exact same way to Barney. Since, since you're uh, having trouble with your hangout and not on the video, I've got a picture of the big purple hat. So uh, people can see that when you're talking. Yes. Thank you very much. I, I do very much enjoy my big purple hat. It came into play so much was Willy later. Wonka having a garage sale one day? How did, how did that come to be? So we were looking for some name for... Our department, I worked in, I do not like this word, I only use it when I address the department I worked for. I worked in the distance learning department at the local region center, and we decided that we wore many hats. We constantly crossed into curriculum and technology and this, that, and the other. So we were looking for for hats to have and, and bring in, and we found an ad on Craigslist. It was a retired school nurse, and she always wore different hats. So she came in with this huge crate of all these different hats and the very large purple one again purple chose me it chose me it wanted me to wear it i could i could feel our connection and so the purple hat stayed so about that time i was really getting um to where i was presenting a little more and more often and about the third time that a presenter or you know tech help or whatever walked in the room and they're like hey do you know if the presenter's here yeah that's me i'm, I'm sitting right here oh i didn't see you I have not had that problem not one time since I started wearing the hat. Everyone sees me just fine now. It's fabulous. You too should have a purple hat. We could all wear hats. Oh so man, many, and I'm not so going to be on this show to, to say, watch. So that. many episodes to come. <laughs> <laughs> so, Christy, are you wearing the hat now? Now, if we had to hang out, you would know, but I can't reveal my secrets at this point in time. Oh, okay. Well, see. I'd like to propose uh, going forward, uh, since I'm not going to be uh, broadcasting this live for a long time, I think you should all get hats. So, And then you refer to each other by your hat. So, Christy will not be the purple hat. Uh, Mike can be like Viking helmet. Or Mark can be Viking helmet. Uh, Brian, I don't know what you should be. You could be like uh, a beanie. The beanie would look good. Propeller head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How about just a shower cap? <laughs> How's that for an intimidating name? Yeah. It's Brian the Shower Cap Brueger here. I, I've actually had a uh, propeller hat in the past. Um, but I, I unlike Christy, um, parted ways with my hat in, in the later years in life. <laughs> so the bean, or the, it found you and then it left you. Yes. <laughs> wow. Well, I had the same problems when I started teaching, though, with not being noticed. It was common, sadly common, for parents to come in. You were talking about open house or whatnot, or to come in for an observation or, you know, they're running through. We were very rural. It was common to have parents up there for different things and look straight at me and ask me where the teacher was. I was sitting behind the teacher desk. I had shoes on of the teacher. Do I look like anyone else in the school? Why are you asking me where the teacher was? I, I wouldn't have that problem if I could have taught my hat. What kind of school did you go to where only the teachers wore shoes? <laughs> Not shoes. My kind of shoes. Oh, okay. Fabulous shoes. High heels that come in a multitude of colors. 
Well, you wanted a female co-host, Mark. (laughs) 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 You know, I I do. I know what you're talking about, though, Christy. Like, it's funny how things kind of become your brand. Like, you are now branded as the purple hat, and like that's right. at school, every Friday, we have Dress Down Fridays. So, Dress Down basically means for teachers, like, jeans, and I wear, like, a right. polo. And uh, every Friday, since I started, now nine years in, uh, every Friday, I wear my favorite pair of uh, Converse All-Stars. That's the sneaker I grew up wearing, that's still what I wear. That's one of my three pairs of shoes. And um, the first, like, year, that was – kids were beside themselves. They couldn't understand why – a teacher would dare wear shoes like that. You know, that's their shoes. And um, my kids began to lovingly refer to it as Cool Shoe Fridays. And now that's just, it's commonplace. <laughs> but that's that's who I am now at school. Like, that's my legacy is I'm going to be the guy that wore the cool shoes. They're going to forget everything else. That's just, that's <laughs> what I am now. Wow. See what bringing a female on the show does? We can talk about shoes all night long. Great. Next, we're going to talk about feelings. I can see it coming already. (laughs) So what do you have on your Pinterest? We could discuss Pinterest. (laughs) You know, my wife has been trying to get me to do a show on Pinterest. And my my response to her was, okay, what do we talk about for the other 57 minutes? (laughs) I I need to talk to your wife, and I think that that just became next week's topic. We will be discussing Pinterest. (laughs) I will be polishing my shoes next week. (laughs) For all this talk of shoes, I would prefer not to wear shoes. And so moving to Florida was perfect for me. And I, at the moment, have no shoes on. And in the summer when I go into work and nobody's around, I have no shoes on. And if I can get away with it in all part, walks of life, I wear no shoes. Uh, I understand some. that completely because I love them. But when I'm sitting down or driving or reading or doing anything that's not standing, I don't wear them. Okay. Can we please talk about something educational now? Yeah. Speaking of education, Mark. Uh, <laughs> so, Christy. <laughs> Uh, tell us, I mean, because you do have experience, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second, but you have experience both in the classroom and more in like the, the tech role, correct? Right. Tell us a little bit about, about that. So I was finishing up my degree in political science because when you live in Louisiana, that's what you get a degree in because it guarantees that you will go to law school and make millions and millions of money. And that's, that was my entire plan. I was going to law school. And there was a, a fabulous degree. And then this little little thing happened, you might have heard, called Hurricane Katrina. And I found myself in Texas and finished school at a, a smaller state school. I needed a part-time job. We already had little ones. And found this teeny, tiny little school district. I kiddingly say we were a negative 1A. We had 217 kids, pre-K through 12. They were going through a lot of changes. And I came in as a substitute, a permanent sub, to work in that lab back there in the corner where all those computers are. Can you just go in there and watch those kids when they come in? Sure, that sounds great. I can get done time for classes. Four years later, I was the tech director. That's a whole other story about the superintendent left and the business manager left and principal left and there was no assistant principal so it was really just the teachers left and when student got in trouble it was behavior i'm sending you to the hall because that's all we had anymore and it just manifested itself from there i spent time in the tech apps class love it i still teach two of those classes today i bounce back and forth with our sixth graders and that's a, a fabulous time and then the rest of the time I spend training and living in the tech world. So that makes so much sense to have you doing both things at once. And it's amazing how many schools don't do that. You're either the tech director that lives up in a tower somewhere and kind of looks down on things, or you're in the heart of it just trying to figure things out on your own. It's nice that you have the best of both worlds, and I'm sure it makes you do both jobs a little bit better. Absolutely. It, it's it's nice. And um, here at our district, we've instituted something, not not any thanks to me, though. I think it's a fabulous idea. Every person who works, we call it the service center, where all the directors and specialists and all are, where, where we work. You have to log three days in the classroom, not observing, not being there as an aide, 
when a teacher puts in for substitute, they pull from here first. And right up to our superintendent, we all spend three days in the classroom and then I do something different. But I think that's great. It forces us to all go back into the trenches where we started and say, oh, yeah, this is why you can't do this. These are the obstacles you run into. These are the children you're dealing with. That's the art you have to be a part of. And it, it just really puts it all back in perspective for you. I think it's a fabulous idea that more school districts really should embrace. Um, on a related note, actually, today I, I got to see that perspective just a little bit. Um, long story short, I have a, a period in my schedule this year where I'm kind of on call. I don't have an actual official duty, but if they need something, they pull me. And lots of times it's, you know, helping in the office and dealing with some other stuff. And um, today I got called and said, we're really short on subs. We really need you to cover a class. And I said, that's fine. I can do that. And they said, okay, it's um, seventh and eighth grade chorus. Enjoy yourself. That fantastic. Wow. This is, this is going to be awesome. So I went down and they said, um, they said, just run it as a study hall. It's fine. So I get into the, the chorus like, room. No way. I've got an accordion. <laughs> well, I, I walked in and I was actually a minute late because they had just, you know, they had, they couldn't find anyone. So they had called me real quick and said, can you run down there? So I walked in and it was like a minute late and I walk in. Now, there's no way on earth it's going to go well because there's 60 kids in there. It's the full chorus. There's not desks or anything. They're, they're sitting on the risers. So it's going to get chaotic. And I walk in and there's already three lists on the board. Uh, 15 kids signed up to go to the bathroom, 15 to go to their lockers, and 15 to go to the library. And you know, out of the 60 kids, I'm not letting 45 of them out. They're trying to play me. So I walked in and I said, just sit down. And it actually wasn't any of my students. So I, I recognized a few faces, but they really didn't know who I was. So right away, I started getting this whole barrage of, of comment or questions. Oh, I need to go here. I really have this to do. And I shut everyone down and said, no, sit down. You're not going anywhere. And I kind of laid them all out a little bit. And after one of the kids, uh, like halfway through the period, one of the kids came up and said, you're, you're a really good sub. And I said, I'm not a sub. I, I work here. And he went, oh, oh, that explains a lot. And then they didn't ask to go anywhere. Like they were totally trying to play me. <laughs> so it's, uh -huh. it's nice to see that perspective. And, you know, I'll tell you that, that I left there and there actually was another sub down the hall. That's a, a frequent uh, visitor of our school. And I saw him and said, you're doing a great job today. <laughs> like I really had to give him <laughs> thanks because I don't know if I could go to work every day with a smile on my face if that's what I had to do every single period. Absolutely. Now, is that three days a week that you guys need to be in the classroom? No. Or is it three days, like three during days a the, month or a year? <laughs> yeah, during the school year. But as many of us as in here, it, it works out amazingly well, actually. Wow. See, I've always struggled with, you know, I've worked in both roles where you're doing the classroom teacher and you're also the technology coordinator and you're trying to dance back and forth between the two. And I've always found it extremely difficult to do both jobs very well because <clears throat> part of being the technology coordinator means that, you know, people are going to call you and expect you to, to jump into action at any time. But yet while you're in the classroom, you need to be 100% devoted to them. And then, you know, the idea of actually taking, you know, a planning period in order to prepare for that class is next to impossible unless it's between like 2 and 3 a.m. Um, because of the other duties. So I've always uh, struggled as I have been in that role being in both places. Well, let me fill in a couple of, of tiny issues there. I'm not doing that anymore. I am an integration specialist now, which I don't like that title either. I have a hang up with names. So we'll work that one out. <laughs> and I teach in the classroom. But before, when there was, I mean, you're talking about a school with 220 kids. We have, that's pre-K-12. That's not the high school. That's pre-K-12, 220 kids. We know everybody. We know everybody's family. They all know us. We can rattle off who's graduated, whose kids we're teaching. I mean, we dealt with it all. It was a very, very poor district. You have to. There there simply are no options. There's just not enough money to go around. That same district, I'm, I'm not there anymore. Um, my best friend is the principal of it, and she went through the ranks with me, but she's now the principal, and, oh, yeah, she still teaches a period of English, and did I mention she's also their complete and total only tech person? She's the tech director, the tech specialist. She does that all. You just have to be. There's there's nothing else to do. You you make those sacrifices, and, and you don't have a life outside mm -hmm. of it. It becomes your life. Mm -hmm. Well, Christy, I have a question uh, as as it pertains to how you would uh, 
uh, fit yourself into this podcast. Uh, as your role of one who wears many hats, pun intended, uh, what would you see is the uh, how I'm trying I'm struggling to phrase my question. How is it that podcasting can best help teachers in in, in today's world? It's it's available when when they can get to it because everything we just we don't have time to get to it now. A lot of us travel. There was huge layoffs in Texas and across the nation and we may not be working in the school up the road anymore. So we need that that support, that friendly voice that we've heard before that it becomes the podcast becomes an extension of your professional learning network. So I know that I miss conversations on Twitter when I'm in the classroom and often I don't get back to them. There's just not time, but a podcast I can listen to on my commute. I can listen to while I'm sitting at practice and grading papers, you know, at my kid's softball game, it's available on my time. And for teachers, that's priceless. Isn't it amazing how many teachers still don't know what this is that we're doing right now? Like, that's the part that always amazes me. Every time I talk to a teacher about podcasting or um, teach one of my grad classes about podcasting, they look at me like, oh, this is such a neat, new, innovative thing. This and it's is really, new. It's not. I mean, it's been around forever. It, it just, it really goes to show, though, how much people are missing. I mean, there's so much potential for this. Um, particularly with this show, I think everyone should subscribe right away. But I mean, across the board, there's a lot of potential to do this and a lot of stuff that you can gain from it. It's just, it's almost sad that it's not uh, taken advantage of. Oh, I agree completely. Absolutely. It's just, we taught the sixth graders a couple of weeks ago about podcasting and I know what to expect from them. They're sixth grade. They've grown up with Google, their entire world. They're going to ask, well, how is this different from TiVo? You know, how is this different from what I've got recording at home when I'm at school or, or whatever? What, what's different from that? And then what, what interests me is very often some of the kids are turned off by the ones that don't have video. And um, it really puzzled me for a long time. Why are these kids so turned off just because it's audio? Well, for them, that's what the old people do. They listen to stuff. So I haven't done the research or, or hitting in my resources to find out when that, that maturity kicks in, when you have that abstract ability to visualize as people are speaking. And I think that's what some of the younger sets missing. But the, the older ones and older in this particular conversation being your plus 20s, they just, they don't know. They don't know what they don't know. And that's, that's the biggest problem. When you introduce this to them, they think that it is a new technology, oblivious to how long it's been around and, and what it is. And some of them are still convinced that you have to have an iPod, an actual honest-to-God iPod to participate with podcasting. They don't get how easily and widely available it really is. Oh, yeah, that misnomer really gets them. You know, I've even read articles where teachers in really struggling districts or really high-poverty districts We'll do podcasting and burn on a CD because every kid has something at home that you can play a CD in. I mean, technically, that's more or less the same thing still, and people don't get right. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I've actually, um, we talked a little bit in the pre-show about a teacher that I met with yesterday, and um, I was turning her on to Twitter and how to find other teachers and to, you know, to crowdsource ideas and, and all of that. And then, you know, I'm going to say reluctantly um, passed her on to the show. But the reason I say reluctantly is because I feel like it's, you know, just shameless self-promotion to say, hey, go listen to my podcast. But all of the conversations that we were having, I felt like she could actually really benefit from the guests that we had on, like the Skype, you know, lessons and, you know, all the ideas from Cool Cat Teacher and, and different things like that. And I said, you know, just go here and, you know, every time I come on, just go la, 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 and then <laughs> listen to what they have to say because it was that other teacher that I was trying to connect them with, you know, the, more of the water cooler mentality for them. Right. Oh, absolutely. You know, I got to say, honestly, that's one thing I really do. I am going to miss with doing the show is it, it was an excuse for me, especially in the beginning when we first started and it was me and Sean. Um, it was my job to find all the guests and I was really excited about that because that was my excuse to go to these people who in my eyes were kind of like celebrities you know these people on twitter that i follow and you know craved every word that they wrote 
it was my excuse to go to them and say, hey, do you want to talk to me for a little while? You know, like, and that was the way to kind of engage them. You know, that's why we got a chance to talk to people like Vicki Davis. And, um, you know, our first guest was Sherry uh, Terrell, who is just a huge name in the education world. And I would have come across as a total creep if I had just emailed her out of nowhere and said, I'm just some guy kind of want to talk to you, you know, <laughs> but you're right. It's a way to connect and it's a way to really get all that information out there. Sure. So my question is this, and this is kind of something I've always struggled with in the, in the conversation and the Twitter thing is how is it that we can best help the teachers who are listening? Is it enough just to give them all of these ideas and overwhelm them with thoughts and concepts and everything that they need to then go implement on their own? Or can we slow down in terms of the amount of information we're giving them, but make it more detailed or, you know, how can we do that? So I'm going to, you know, throw that all on Christy and say, you know, being the new person, how are you going to change this? podcast and really make it helpful for the teacher <laughs> the only thing you're missing is and hey, no pressure by the way yeah. <laughs> yeah. you have 60 seconds of time starts now go ahead right. nudge, i nudge, suddenly nudge, feel nudge, like nudge. miss america is the answer world peace, <laughs> world peace. well like such as classroom. i learned years ago that uh when, when you start a new job for six months you can blame everything on the person who just left uh so yeah, everything's John's fault starting now. No. Are you kidding me? Oh, wait, time. Are you kidding? It's been my fault for the last six months. <laughs> you make it sound like this is a new thing. Well, now we have a, an actual reason for it. <laughs> so, uh, Christy, in your, in, in your bio that we asked you to write up, you listed one of your uh, credentials as a master learner. What does that mean? I like it. I like it much better than my current title of instructional technologist. That sounds so five years ago. Um, master learners, I've heard kind of scattered here and there across, you know, ed tech, you go to different things and this person's a master learner and how to be a master learner. But my previous boss said that was one of the things she most respected for one of her previous bosses is he was actually a principal and his nameplate said master learner. And I feel like that's a way to, to one state who I am, I'm always learning. I can't learn enough. I'm finishing up my master's. Thank you, God, I will be done in a couple of weeks. And <clears throat> the first thing my husband said is, please tell me you're not going to go for your PhD right now. Okay, no, I'll give it a break. But I'm, I'm always learning. There's always something to learn. And I think we have to project that to the teachers because they hear anything technological in your, in your, um, your name or your title or whatever. And for a lot of teachers, that still, that's still, you know, gives them some fear. That's not a comfortable place for them. But if you're a learner and you're learning right alongside with them, now, now you're on solid ground with them and you're on a level playing field. You don't have this hand up because you're, oh, you're one of the tech people. It's like, no, I'm here to learn and help, help you because you're going to teach me something. Every day in every way, I'm learning something and I'm learning something new. It doesn't stop because I've left a classroom. It doesn't change because I'm sitting on the floor with my two-year-old and we are once again fighting over the iPad because she really believes it's hers. We're always learning. And I think that that's the biggest problem that we have in one, no, not the, let's change that. That's one of the bigger problems we have in public education right now, specifically with professional development is we have this antiquated class structure for our teachers and, and the ranking and this organization chart where everything points up or down. I don't have time for that. I don't, I don't care, really. If you have some big loopy title, congratulations. The point of the matter is, at the end of the day, it all comes back to the kids, and they don't have any titles. So let's get away with the title business, and let's all jump on the same page, and we're all going to learn together. And I think it's important that we all all address the fact that we're all learning. Yeah, and if you're uh, not willing to continue learning, if you feel like you've hit that plateau, you probably shouldn't be a teacher. I mean, that's the bottom Amen. line. <laughs> you're absolutely right. When you have nothing more to learn, you have no more business in a classroom. Well, we've covered pretty much everything in this show. I don't know where else we can go. Karate, shoes, hats, 
an education. Oh, education too. That was that last that thing that we just kind of touched on. <laughs> uh, so, Christy, this is your time then. Uh, what else? What else uh, for people who carrying forward now who will be hearing you every week? What should they know? Don't don't ever get too comfortable thinking that you finally figured out how it's going to go. That's just about the time we're going to change it. I swear that I have adult AD. Oh, look at that little pretty. I, I don't I don't stay one place long. And that's that was part of the, the hardest part for me to grow up is I was a know it all. I was that kid that sat in the front and my hand was always up. I always had the right answer because back then when I went to school, yeah, it was really back then. Back then when I went to school, we didn't have all the stuff we have now and the world literally wasn't at our fingertips. So the teacher held all the knowledge and it was my challenge to say, no, you don't. I read ahead tonight and I was a know-it-all. But when I grew up and that didn't come with, with age, that came with experience, you realize you don't have all the answers and I'm fully dependent on other people out there. My network is totally priceless to me. If I don't know how to do something, I hit up my network. So about the time that, that you think you figured something out, we'll change it because somebody new came into the network and we have another question to ask. Or I found a very cool new tool that I cannot wait to share with the entire world. So we'll end up discussing that for some period of time. But there is wanting to be a change for more what, how can you use this in your classroom? How can we mat matter to you today and tomorrow? And I think we're going to head in that direction with painting a picture, as Mark said a little while ago. We'll be painting you pictures to get you get you through. It's spring break coming up and that, that time when you've got to nail down everything, including the tape dispenser. Well, it's right around the corner and teachers are counting down just like kids. And, and we're going to help you get through that. Are we going to spend a lot of time uh, talking about the, uh, the wonders and glories of standardized testing? Really, Mark? <laughs> really? You had to bring up standardized testing? Okay, so here's my deal with standardized testing since we started the soapbox about the time we should be wrapping up. It, it irks me to no end. That's how I can, I can put it the, the most beginning. My own children are in public school, and I'm, I'm feeling that they're going to get sick when it comes time for standardized testing. Thankfully, they're not in high school, and their diploma will not be held from them. I have a big problem with standardized testing. I have a big problem with giving up six weeks of my 180 days to shut down, power down these kids, tell them, no, you can't collaborate. No, you can't talk with each other. No, you don't get to have normal human rights like to move. And you have to sit here and bubble in with the number two pencil on a test that I didn't create because I'm not valued enough as a professional to be able to say, that I can teach this child. I have to have some overview board. It's it's a passionate subject for me. It, it really, really bothers me. And we can dedicate a whole week's worth of shows to that one, Mark. Uh, Christy, I want to formally now welcome you to the podcasting club because this is your first um, actual Mark goading. He's really good at doing that. He knew how to push your buttons. <laughs> And he elicited and he the did. response he wanted. He's gotten me on on many occasions. So uh, welcome. That is that is actually <laughs> his way. That's his podcasting way of saying that you've been accepted. You're now one of us. And the crowd goes wild. <laughs> and basically, the way we refer to that often is poking the bear. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the um, we actually we actually hate. Um, the standardized testing so much that my wife being a experienced um, educator actually decided to start homeschooling our children and have had great success with that. So um, I'm sure there are going to be many um, uh, experiences of um, standardized test bashing. We can like, you know, have little, you know, anti-standardized testing parties on the podcast and um you know you know spice it up with with all of the ways that we can figure out how to get rid of standardized testing so oh, i think now we can officially scratch pearson off of the list of sponsors that we're going to uh, <laughs> yeah pearson uh, on that. no i think you know i think the the biggest need that kids have is knowing how to completely fill in that bubble it, there are all kinds of designs you can make life, with those bubbles they're fantastic skill. That that would be a life skill. I think that's really important. 
See, what really turned me off down here is in um, my daughter's second grade class, they, the first, you know, the welcome back to school parent night just before school started, they started with the um, FCAT booklets on the desks. Yep. And when I walked in and I looked down at the desk, I immediately took a picture with my phone and said, hmm, I wonder what this year is about. Now, keep in mind, in second grade, they don't even take the FCAT. They were were practicing for the FCAT. Because they take it in third grade. Yes. Well, they start them in first grade in Texas, so y'all get a whole year break up there. Yeah, and and they did a little bit, but nothing like this, you know, in first grade. So, practice meaning, and I kind of feel like going all Alan Iverson, you know, practice? (laughs) Practice for the FCAT literally meant you sit here, you shut your mouth, no talking, no asking questions, no getting any kind of help. You take the test, and in a couple days, I'm going to give you a little tiny piece of paper that shows you how well you did with a grade on it, and it's going to give you some kind of comment such as, do better, and then we're never going to review that or talk to about it. They couldn't ask questions. So really all they got practice on doing is bubbling. Absolutely. Yeah, that that particular, I will not call them an education type company, <laughs> that particular money stealer from children is actually hosting a conference <laughs> right now here in Austin. And I was sitting here watching a, a number of people that I know and follow. They're there and they're tweeting. And I finally had enough and I said, and how would all of you have felt if you got there today and they shut the doors and they told you to sit in those desks for four hours and they took away your phones and told you, shut up for four hours. Now you tell me, you not a single person responded. And I noticed they didn't do that. Suddenly, oh no, suddenly they're in charge of adults, adults, and suddenly we can have all of this communication and collaboration and we're tweeting and we're running around and we're having this huge party where we're wasting away millions of dollars that belongs to the children of America because they're in charge. But by George, we can send the same company, the same money stealer into these schools and say, well, we need this because we need to know how the teachers are doing hogwash you need to do it so that you can fill your pockets with more money because teachers are professionals and you need to start treating them that way why you got to get my blood pressure up before i drive <laughs> <to New York? laughs> well here's my segue christy see as uh as new host you're gonna have to figure out how to take all of our rants and ramblings and somehow get them back where you're supposed to go and the easiest way to do it is just say now we're segueing so that's how i do it all the time <laughs> so now we're segueing uh christy you did mention a while back talking about uh you know new things you are always finding and always uh sharing that and that's kind of what we're going to go into now we end the show uh listeners know and Christy, of course, you being a listener, you know as well, uh, we often have tips of the week and we take turns doing that. And I don't know if Brian and Christy has a tip, but I can lead into mine and then give them a second to frantically think about what they're going to say. Um, so I just I actually I want to revisit one. I think that we mentioned long, long ago, uh, early on in the, the, the series and the podcast, we spoke with um, someone from Storybird, which is an online uh, book writing uh, website. And they had talked about how there's a fundraising option. So long story short, I did a a fundraiser with my students at the beginning of the year using storybird.com. So that's actually my first tip of the week is to take a look at that site. Um, Just super, super cool site. And it's really nice. Basically, kids can write books online and then you purchase those books. And for every one that's purchased, the, the class gets $5. So it's actually a really good fundraiser. And it's way better than selling candy bars and that kind of thing. So we did this in the beginning of the year, and my my team as a whole raised about $200. And I've been sitting on this money for a while and trying to decide exactly what to do with it. And just recently, we used another website called Kiva. It's kiva.org, and it's a nonprofit um, organization that basically offers micro loans to people in developing third world countries. So you know, there's a guy in Kenya who needs a new cow so that he can you know, help feed his family and then sell whatever's left over to make a few extra bucks. Um, he, through Kiva and, and these lending partners, these agencies in Kenya, um, put up his his story basically on Kiva and then you can give to him, lend to him your money. Now, the nice thing about this is that with Kiva, they actually have to pay it back. So, 
when you put your $25 or $50 or whatever the case may be towards somebody, there's very high percentage of odds that you're going to actually get that money back to either reinvest in someone else or you can take it out of the system. So I saw this as a great opportunity for the kids to kind of extend um, that Storybird original project and and do something actually meaningful with the money as opposed to just uh, planning a pizza party or something like that. So all this past week, my kids have actually been on the Kiva site um, researching people and writing up persuasive arguments over why one person deserves our money more than the other person. And um, just today we had a, a big team event. Actually, the principal, the vice principal, a couple of the teachers served as our judges and the groups presented on who they thought best deserved our $200. And it was awesome. It's probably the best thing I've done this year. And it, both those websites, Kiva and Storybird, are, are kind of cool in their own right, but putting them together like that, just awesome. It was an awesome, awesome experience. So um, for any teacher who's looking to do something that either has to do with persuasive writing or something more with, um, you know, almost like a service learning project in a sense, what a, a cool way to do it. So those are my two tips for this week. And I figured two is okay because I think we've talked about both of those before. So <laughs> two, two half tips equal one full tip today. Well, I, I can, I've got to do away with your math completely because I decided that since I'm both a guest and a host this week, and this will be the only time it happens that I too should get two tips this week. Oh, she is a my decision. She is a know-it-all. She called it early. <laughs> That's right. And I, I enjoy that. That's okay. You can call me a know-it-all. Go ahead. Chris. So my, my quote unquote, um, tech tip or the the tool that I see totally being used in the classroom it's it's kind of growing up really big in the last couple of weeks it's called Socrative fabulous on mobile devices for any district that has a BYOD or BYOT or whatever acronym you're using by the way I vote for BYOT bring your own tools but here nor there whichever you have it's very simple to set up you go in set it up and you can do this on the fly you get a room number as a teacher and the students come in the classroom and whatever device of their choosing, you say, go here, it's m.socrative.com and put in this room number. And instantly they are in this very closed space where you can give them quizzes, you can do a pulse check, how was homework, these quick questions, the responses come into you, um, strangely on an Excel spreadsheet, I haven't figured that one out yet. But nonetheless, you get that instantaneous information. There's not paper being passed out. You don't have to figure this all out beforehand. You can do quizzes, log the students, the whole nine. It'll even grade it for you. Fabulous, fabulous tool. If you don't have Socrative in your, in your toolbox of tools, that's a, a must-have. And then my second part, it's kind of putting on my teacher hat. It's the same purple hat. I just turned it around. So my, <laughs> my teacher hat has that that little piece, that inspiration. I got to remember I'm the, the estrogen in this particular room and the guys kind of miss this whole teachers need inspiration, especially this time of the year. So my, my one inspiration, that thing that, you know, a teacher can use in some form in the classroom is to teach your kids every day that the internet never forgets. From kindergarten to 12th grade, we're not doing enough for that that citizenship and there was a whole other podcast that already covered the whether we call it digital citizenship and that really resonated with me that we we just go with citizenship it's 21st century being a citizen and let them know whatever they post now they're starting their life their world and Whoa. you have the ability to change that to say what what you're going to be a part of so for me I, I would give that to you let your children know the internet never forgets. No, I, no, I absolutely agree with you. You know, see, when you were talking about motivating teachers, you know, you, you're the estrogen, uh, so I can't agree with that. Right away, I started thinking about those ridiculous posters people put up on their walls, you know, like with the nice sayings. And then because of the testosterone, I actually turned it around and I thought, um, of my, I guess it'll be my third tip. See, I have to feel like I one up you. <laughs> is despair.com. Have you ever seen the demotivational <laughs> posters at despair? <laughs> um, definitely take a look. Uh, they're pretty awesome. I've actually thought about trying to purchase some and put them around the halls and just see if anyone ever notices how negative they really are. The next thing you know, these two are going to be comparing who has the better pocket protector. Who has the bigger hat? <laughs> My hat wins. My hat yeah. will always win. <laughs> like, 
they have they have demotivational posters that say things like you know sometimes the only purpose of your life is to serve as a warning to others how appropriate <laughs> is that like in school <laughs> we'll see to do i was actually i was actually meeting with a teacher today and we were talking about you know different places to get resources and things like that and i had a second teacher come in and wanted to bestow the virtues of a particular website upon me of which i was hearing none of it um but in an effort to acknowledge and if you will tip my hat to the estrogen i will recommend pinterest for the <laughs> short um you know efforts to find as she put it really good clip art in lower elementary <laughs> i think we just went off the air and all the teachers just left <laughs> and and see how appropriate this is you all laughed at my despair.com but i'm looking through right now and here's a perfect one for this very moment it's always darkest just before it goes pitch black <laughs> <laughs> good night everybody <laughs> Yeah, and, and I actually asked her, you know, with all sincerity, I'm like, are you really finding Pinterest to be helpful in your classroom? And she said, it's great for the lower elementary stuff. Um, and as she put it, the cutesy lower elementary stuff, which just, you know, as a high school teacher and, um, you know, a avid disliker of all things clip art, um, I just couldn't have anything to do with it. But she definitely said that it, it has brought a few good ideas and then she proceeded to talk to me about a taking pictures and using this large cutout that they made of Abraham Lincoln so that everybody could compare their height versus Abraham Lincoln. So basically what I've just done is brought this whole conversation full circle back to height. <laughs> I've been ignoring you, Brian. I'm still reading a posters on despair <laughs> no single wait last one and then we'll go to the, the context no single raindrop believes it is to blame for the flood that's awesome <laughs> uh, uh, you see there you go there you got a topic for another show at another that, time <laughs> that's what you uh, that's kind of yeah what i expect now from now on any show uh it has to start based on one of these uh one of these demotivational uh, statements on this website. All right. Well, if you have a demotivational statement for us, uh, Brian, tell us how they can share that message with us. Absolutely. Well, there's a few ways. And of course, we're going to have a, a couple new ones here, um, bringing Christy on. But um, you can, of course, always reach us at elementop.com or elementop.com slash tightwad teacher. Um, Twitter is one of our favorite ways to get in contact with us and and carry on the conversation afterwards. And there's a Tightwad Teacher group at elementop slash Tightwad Teacher. If you'd like to pester John and tell him, you know, good riddance and thanks for leaving and all those other great things, feel free to contact him at John Mikulski. You can find me at Bruger. And our new one for tonight, you can find Christy at Christy underscore Vincent. Um, and uh, Mark, how is the uh, iOS? I really don't want to produce Apple apps, but I feel like I have to app coming along. Uh, well, the app is done. Still can't get it in the store. Uh, so I don't know what's up with that. Um, I got nothing. Uh, it, it, it will come eventually. <laughs> That's all I can say. <laughs> All right. Well, then, until then, you just will have to go out and buy yourself a Android phone just for the purpose of using our app. And we would really appreciate that. So you can, of course, find Element OP in the Android app store, but not the Apple app store. All right. Well, that ab <laughs> I'm still reading these posters. <laughs> Step away from the posters. <laughs> All right. It's, well, that about hey, wraps up our show for tonight. You know what I'm going to be doing all night now. <laughs> yes, exactly. So much for being productive. <laughs> uh, well, thank you all for joining us. Uh, Christy, welcome again to uh, the show. Looking forward to more. Um, so for now, this will be John uh, signing off with these words of advice. Not everyone gets to be an astronaut when they grow up. <sighs> That's crushing blow. A crushing blow. 
And I would say, um, it requires a space program. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, so technically, no one gets to be an astronaut. (laughs) I'll just simply say good night, and we'll see you next week. And this is Mark. I stopped recording a long time ago. (laughs) 